for Fantasy Football Weekly on KFAN, presented by Devonis. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is also brought to you by Green Belt Premium, No Name Butcher Quality Meats, Honda, Town Hall Family, and by the Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball and League Safe's Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Here's Paul Charchian. It is the final episode of year number 23 for Fantasy Football Weekly. Thank you for joining us all season. If you're listening right now, I hope that means that you are in the championship game. My co-host today, Brian Johnson. Hi, Brian. What's up, Charge? Scott Fish. Hi, Scott. What's going on? Uh, What's going on is we're... uh, we're bringing home the hardware. Yeah, that's are. what's going on, baby. Let's put this season to bed. Uh, let's do it. I'm um I'm 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 feeling pretty good about how we've got this thing all figured out, laid out for everybody. We're going to continue to bring you the take a chance on me players because even now in week number in week number sixteen in the championship game, you may have there may be guys on the waiver wire. Well, there are there are guys on the waiver wire who are going to outscore some of your starters. Helping you figure that out and whether or not you want to make a move is still valid, even in the championship game. I think there's no, there may be no bigger mistake than you can make than just saying, I'm going with the guys who got me here. Now, the guys that got you aren't necessarily going to have a great game mm-hmm. in Week 16. It's easier True. to live with yourself, though, in the offseason if you benched... If you didn't bench your stud and lose and bench your stud and you would have won it for you. I, I, care, yes. more, I care more about... Bringing home the hardware. I agree with you there. I'm just saying. (laughs) uh... I mean, Tom Brady's going to be a tricky example of that. Uh, We'll break down all the matchups. We've got the five tough questions. Lightning round at the end of the show as well. Let's uh, let's roll right into our matchups, beginning with the Chargers taking on the Jets. Bitterly disappointed with Phillip Rivers' performance last week, Scott. But another good opportunity, this time against the Jets. I want to believe he's going to go back to being the quarterback he was in the month prior to last week's dud. He will. Anomaly. Uh, Rivers has 300 yards or multiple touchdowns in all but one game. That dud since week nine. And the Jets have allowed 10 quarterbacks to have multiple touchdowns against them. I- I'm actually giving Rivers an A grade. I think he comes right back to what he was. Because of that, I'm giving his main guy, Keenan Allen. I know he's a little little injured with the back, but he's going to go. And he he'll, he should be fine. Giving him an A. Uh, top four receivers. Uh, the last top receivers against the Jets, the last four of them, had at least 90, 90 yards and combined for four touchdowns. Uh, that'll be Keenan Allen. I think I'll have no problem getting there, honestly. Tyrell Williams, I had to get, make my make a little argument for it with myself because the Jets haven't allowed a second receiver to top 40 yards in the last five weeks, but he's got 11 targets in the last two weeks, and he's averaging 17.5 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. So it only takes one missed coverage, and the Jets have allowed the fifth most receptions over 20 yards, about four per game. Yeah. So I, I think it'll only take one play, and with Hunter Henry out, he might see a couple extra targets. All right. Also with Henry out, Gates, a C. Uh, I think this might be a touchdown type of thing. San Diego's targeting their tight end six to seven times a game. And since week five, every tight end with at least five targets has either 50 yards or scored. I think Gates might be the scored part, even if it's a platoon from the tight end position. Gordon, given an A grade, 21 touches per game, and now Eklar is likely not going to play. Right. Yep. 80 yards and five straight. Yeah, scored in three of those. Jets run defense has been pretty good over the mm-hmm. bulk of the year, but a little worse lately. Yeah. 
Yep. And I just want to, you know, take a moment to congratulate Melvin Gordon on finally playing a Week 16 game. And last week playing a Week 15 game. How about that? So proud of you. You know, I'm not a Melvin Gordon bitter owner from the last couple of years. You finally played a fantasy playoffs. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. On the Jets side, I'm pretty much benching everyone. I don't trust the Jets with Petty against a top five Chargers defense. Anderson, no. 12 targets last week, still only 40 yards. ASJ, Chargers have allowed three tight end touchdowns this year, and that's it. And even if ASJ catches one, he'll pro- it'll probably be overturned. So what's the point? Right. <laughs> uh, Powell, I'm giving a sneaky C grade, though, too. Forte and McGuire look like they might not play, which gives Powell everything. Well, yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, if they don't go, yeah. Powell's startable for sure. Exactly. But and we've r- been playing this game-time decision game on yeah. Forte for a month, I and know. he plays in all of them. If they do play, I, I I would bench Powell. But if they don't, run stoppers Corey Legit and Denzel Perryman are out for the Chargers, so there might be a play there. Sounds good. Let's go to Lions taking on the Bengals. Uh, Brian, Bengals have packed it in in a way we rarely see in the NFL the last two weeks. I don't know if there's any pride left in this team, but either way, I like I like almost all my Lions here. Yeah, they've uh, since he's packed like all their defensive players on ice too because they're all they have. So uh, yep. I'm giving Matt Stafford a B. Uh, I've got him as an A. My number yeah, three quarterback. I'm just worried game script isn't going to favor him too much here because I don't know how much <laughs> the Bengals are going to have to uh, or how much the Lions are going to have to throw. But Mitch Trubisky's total two touchdowns against Cincy a couple weeks ago managed to not throw an interception, so that goes to show how bad the Bengals' defense is if right. they can't pick off Trubisky. So yeah, I'll give Sta- I'll go A on Stafford too. Thank I'll you. you there, Charge. I'm going to give uh, Marvin Jones just a B though. Uh, in a revenge game, you know I like love those revenge games. Primary receivers have topped 100 yards and or scored a touchdown. In three straight weeks against the Bengals. Going to give Golden Tate a B for that reason, too. They are both very startable against this banged-up secondary. That... I want to convince you to make him an A. Tate Let's, or Jones? Make uh, Tate an A because he's running out of the slot position. Remember, oh, just two weeks ago, Kendall Wright, 10 catches, 110 yards out of the slot against the Bengals. But but it's outdoors, George. Golden Tate, you always got to... He just scored outdoors. He broke the streak, broke the streak like two weeks ago. <laughs> that was warm weather outdoors. <laughs> oh, okay. <All> right. <laughs> Thank you. A for Tate. A is for everyone. Christmas Thank time. you. Uh, a for Eric Ebron then, Sharch. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to oh. give him a C, though. Ebron has garnered seven more targets in consecutive weeks, um, and he's caught at least four passes in five straight. The Bengals have allowed two tight end touchdowns over the last two games. Two weeks ago, they allowed eight catches to Chicago, to Chicago tight end, so Ebron could be a decent volume play here. I'm giving him a C. Uh, Theo Riddick I had is a B, but I'm going to go down to a C because uh, both tackles are questionable for the Lions. Their starting center is out. Well, Theo Riddick himself yeah, is questionable. Well, I heard he's good. To, he should be good to go with the wrist should injury. Should be good to go. So I'm... As of now, I'm I'm banking that he's going to play, uh, averaging nearly 14 ch- touches over the last three weeks and has scored three touchdowns during that span since he has allowed the most receiving yards and the third most rushing yards to running back. So Riddick is a strong play if he goes. If he does not, Tion Green would be relevant and startable, but I, I think Riddick will go. So I got Tion mm-hmm. Green on the bench. Uh, over to Cincy. AJ, not a lot to talk about here. AJ Green, just going to give him a C. Should see a lot of Darius Slay, but I, I, who knows? Slay barely covered Mike Evans a few weeks ago. Um, Slay's going to be all over him. I don't know. The last somewhat comparable wide receiver Slay shadowed was Stefan Diggs. That was on about sixty-seven percent of Diggs's route. Sixty-seven percent of Diggs's routes. Diggs did catch four of five targets for fifty-nine yards. So I'm still starting AJ Green, but not a strong start, obviously. Tyler Croft was tempted to give him a starting grade because Detroit is ranked twenty-fifth against tight ends by Football Outsiders, allowing more than sixty yards per game. But Croft has topped two catches just once over the last six, so he still is on. He's still on the bench. 
Andy Dalton on the bench, too. Not an awful matchup, but Dalton has combined for a mere 254 yards and one touchdown over his last two games and has completed fewer than 50% of his passes, so not trusting him in Week 16. Joe Mixon, can't trust him, but you can start him. Has practiced in full <laughs> since Wednesday. Uh, he looks good nice. to go. The Lions ranked 26 against the run over the last five weeks and have struggled against pass catching backs. So Mixon is startable, but that oh and Mixon my. is a sneaky good pass catching back. He is, mm-hmm. so yeah, yep, he yep. is startable, but he's gonna probably get most of his work done through the air. And uh, with the return of Mixon, Gio Bernard is back on the bench again. Dolphins take on the Chiefs. Uh, a grade for Kenyon Drake. Uh, Damian Williams is technically doubtful. Did practice this week. He either probably won't go or will have a minimal role in this game. So I think it's going to be another workhorse game for Kenyon Drake, who had 22 or more touches in each of the last three games, and that's allowed him to put over 100 yards per scrimmage in, or yards from scrimmage in all of them. Chiefs have allowed at least 70 rushing yards to opposing running backs in 12 straight games. They've also allowed a running back to find the end zone in eight of the last nine. So Jeez. everything here says A grade for Kenyon Drake. I believe he's my number five ranked running back this week. Let's go to the passing game where Jay Cutler gets a C. He's had some good games, but incredibly inconsistent. As exemplified by his results over the last two weeks, when Cutler had an awesome game and a terrible one, the Chiefs' pass defense has actually improved dramatically over the last five games. Only one quarterback has topped 227 yards, which is a pretty low measuring stick. And they're allowing only 0.8 passing touchdowns over the last five games. So the Chiefs' pass defense has gotten better. Cutler inconsistent, just a C grade here. They've got a B grade on Jarvis Landry, his most reliable receiver. And you know the drill on Landry. Lots of receptions. You get middling yards. He's actually scored some touchdowns this year, although that's always dicey. Again, Kansas City's secondary's improved. Um, and they stunned everybody last week. Keenan Allen, normally a slot receiver, 54 yards last week. That's it. So I've just got a B grade on Jarvis Landry. A C grade on Devontae Parker coming off his season best game last week with 89 yards. But... And I like the fact that he's going to get a lot of Darrell Revis in this one. Revis is obviously not great. Signed off the couch three weeks ago. So Parker could do something here. But note that he missed two days of practice with an ankle injury, but is expected to play. Yeah, Kenny Stills on the bench over the last two weeks. He's had 18 yards and eight yards in the two games. Let's flip over to the Chiefs side. As usual, Travis Kelsey is an obvious A grade. He goes up against the Dolphins defense that's allowed the third most touchdowns and seventh most yards to tight ends. Uh, staying with the passing game, Alex Smith is a C. He's got he's yet to throw multiple touchdowns in back-to-back games. He's been north of 270 yards just once in the past 70 games. Sorry, seven games. 70 be a long time. <laughs> he's also thrown double the number of touchdowns on the road than he has at home, and this is a home game. Miami's allowed just two 300-yard passers and none since week number nine. So I'm pretty lukewarm on Smith. He's just the C. That leaves uh, the passing game. Only other guy to mention in the passing game is Tyreek Hill. Dolphins haven't allowed a 100-yard receiver since the opener in week one. But three of the four wideouts who have reached the end zone against Miami have been speed guys since week nine. They've been speed guys. That's Johnny Holton, Deshaun Jackson, Brandon Cooks, all speed guys. Tyreek Hill, obviously, total speed guy. Uh, he has scored three touchdowns the last three weeks. He gets a B grade. And the last guy to mention, Kareem Hunt. Since Matt Nagy took over play-calling duties from Andy Reid, Hunt has been fantastic. He snapped his two-month scoring drought. He's averaged 24 touches per game, 136 yards from scrimmage, one touchdown per game. In the past four games, the Dolphins have allowed three backs to roll up 96 or more yards from scrimmage, and they've given up six touchdowns to the position in those four games. So I love Kareem Hunt this week. He's going to bookend 
your season nicely with great nice. play at the beginning and the end of the season. He is an A. Let's take a break. We're actually a little bit early. Wow. I like that. Nice. Listen, we could sneak in Rams Titans. Now let's let's just take a break. We'll take a break. When you come back, take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. We'll tell you who they are when we come back. Victory on Sundays comes from listening to these guys on Saturday. This is Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. And. got kind of a, a Christmas feel to it a little bit, right? That was my thought when I chose this one. Instrumental. I like it. Yeah. Nicely done, Ryan. Who basically lives here at this point. Hey, you've done it with all the vacation everybody's burning in these in December. I don't know where I don't know where this station will be without you, honestly. I appreciate that. I'm getting That's out amazing. of here to Miami right after the show, really? though, so oh, go good, good for, for me. Yeah. yeah and Brian's Thanks. leaving for New York. There we go. Yeah. Uh takes chance. I mean, nine players not normally in your starting lineups. Some of these guys, I'm telling you, are going to have good games this week, and you need to be you need to be considering it. I know it sounds crazy in a championship week. I'm going to be starting one of my guys oh in a championship game in one of my leagues. And wow. all, all great guys to try on Fanball.com too. Some well, that that is true. The costs are so low, <laughs> on, uh, so cheap, cheap on all these guys. It, it writes itself. Really, you could you could you could really pin a whole team on these cheap players. Let's begin at the quarterback position, Scott. I am going with Eli Manning against Arizona. Arizona's allowed multiple touchdowns to five of the last six quarterbacks they face, but mostly Manning's throwing the ball over 50 times a game since his return, kind of in FU mode. It really is there. a little bit, right? Yeah, as long as Davis Webb doesn't come in, uh, I, I like Manning to continue that against Arizona. All right. All right, Charge, cue uh, your sad trombone for Mitch Trubisky at home versus the Browns. Sound effects. Now. I don't know what a happy trombone sounds like, but <laughs> we're going to hear one on Sunday against the 28th ranked pass defense by Football Outsiders. Joe Flacco even threw for a season high 288 yards against the Browns last week. Uh, Cleveland is also still ranked first against the run, so the path of least resistance against the Browns is through the air. And Trubisky has been somewhat competent the last two games, throwing for 271 and 314 yards. And he's completed 56 of 78 passes during those two games. That's 72%, man. That's, That's Drew Brees level. Good. That is Sam Drew Brees level. level. How about that? <laughs> uh, Joe Flacco goes up against Indianapolis. And the Baltimore passing game has shown signs of life over the last three weeks with Flacco passing for more than 269 yards in, in each of those three games. He scored twice in each of those three games. That trend should continue against an injury-ravaged Indy secondary, allowing the fifth most passing yards and multiple touchdowns this year to guys like Brick Osweiler and Blake Bortles and Brian Hoyer and Deshaun Kaiser, Joe Flacco. You're taking a chance at me, quarterback. I think I'm in my top 12 this week. Uh, that but, is scary, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's my like number 14. So. my number 14 quarterback. And this is what I'm talking about. He's the kind of guy you could have in your lineup over a Matt Ryan who got you here, maybe, and Alex Smith, who might have mm-hmm. gotten you here. Right. Yep. Or a Derek Carr, who might have gotten you here. Or a Kirk Cousins, who yep. might have gotten you here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? Definitely. All right. Let's go to the running back position. You know, mine yeah. got better over the course of the week. I uh, Early in the week, I pegged out Capri Bibbs versus Denver. Uh, he uh, kind of took over the Chris Thompson role last week. Four receiving targets, caught them all for 47 yards and a touchdown. Jay Gruden praised him. It's a Capri Bibbs revenge game against Denver. Uh, and now... Uh, Samaj Piran came up with a groin injury on Thursday, and now he's unlikely to play. So Bibbs might mm. even get the start. Yeah, so. I think he is going to get the start. And their third string runner, whose name I've forgotten, is out. Yep. And so if 
Pirine doesn't go, Bibbs gets 100% of the running back work in yep, this game. They put LaShawn Daniels on That's IR. That's the guy, actually. LaShawn Daniels. IR. Thank you. Yes. Broncos, most receiving touchdowns allowed to running backs, too. How about that? Yeah. I like Capri Bibbs quite a bit. All right, Brian. All right, I got my first of uh, two double downs. I'm using uh, Duke Johnson like I did last week. Uh, he's uh-huh. at the Bears this week, opposing running backs versus the Bears week, uh, recently. Uh, six catches for Detroit backs, seven for Bengals backs, seven for 49ers backs. So I'll take Duke here just like I did last week when he rolled up 60-plus yards in a combo or in a touchdown. Uh, Duke is also one of ten running backs with 20-plus targets over the last four weeks, and he's one of five running backs with four red zone targets during that span. And during that same four-week span, the Bears have yielded the most red zone targets to running backs, so the Stars have aligned for another good Duke Johnson game. I think it. I think they have. How about this stat on Duke Johnson I ran into? First player, first NFL running back in 30 years to start a career with three straight 500-yard receiving seasons. Very nice. Wow. And you, you, I won't even ask you to hazard a guess who the previous guy was. Herschel Walker was the last one to do that. Wow. Interesting. Might take a chance of me running back. A player I loved in the preseason. And <laughs> I looked brilliant for two whole weeks. Mike Gillisley. <laughs> yeah. Mike Gillisley, one of my favorite preseason touts here on the show. And for two weeks, when he had four touchdowns, I was I was this guy. <laughs> and then for the next like 14 weeks, I was this guy. But now we're back. Rex Burkhead is out. So, Gillisley should be active for this game, and everything lines up for potentially a big one. Playing against his old his old team. A Buffalo defense giving up over 120 rushing yards per game, and New England's backs put up 188 yards on the ground against Buffalo just three weeks ago. Gillisley should get the goal line carries over Deion Lewis, and he should put up big numbers against the defense that's allowed the most rushing touchdowns to running backs. Mike Gillisley, he gave you three touchdowns in week one. He's going to bookend your fantasy season with another three touchdowns in week number 16, oh, the championship week. Mike Gillisley. Nice. <laughs> Let's go to the wide receiver position. Uh, well, mine's a tight end, Jesse James uh, versus Houston. Texans are bottom five against tight ends. Uh, In the last five weeks, they have allowed the sixth most yards and the most touchdowns to tight ends. Mm -hmm. Four tight end touchdowns over that span. They've also had six tight ends, top 50 yards. James, with uh, Brown out, James has seen 17 targets in the last two weeks. Brown's out this week. Ben trusts him. I I think he's a sneaky play. All right. Brian? All right, I got Ben Watson, who was uh, my premature speculation a few weeks ago, and that's because I used him as my take-a-chance-me player last week in a great matchup, and he's got another great matchup this week at home against Indy. The Colts are not good against tight ends. They're ranked 29th against by Football Outsiders. Indy allowed a touchdown to Jeff Hurman last week, and then throwing <laughs> out the Hoth game in Buffalo the week before that, he allowed five catches, or uh, the Colts allowed five catches, 75 yards to Jacksonville tight ends. The game before that, Delaney Walker had four for 63 and a touch. Vance McDonald scored the week before that. So I am predicting another touchdown for Ben Watson this week. Demir Bird is Kelvin Benjamin's replacement at wide receiver in Carolina, and he scored twice last week. So really, this I should have been talking about him last week. Sorry about that. But this week's matchup's even more favorable. The Bucks have allowed the most yards to wide receivers by a mile and the third most touchdowns. And more recently, over the last five weeks, they've allowed 50 or more yards or a touchdown to eight different wide receivers. Again, in just the last five weeks, 
Devin Funches has got this nagging shoulder injury, so you figure Bird gets a few more looks in this game. Demir Bird. Yeah, it's a week late, but that doesn't mean he won't score this week, too. But Drag Swag. What's That's that? his nickname. It is? <laughs> but is Foot it? Drag Swag or Butt, butt Drag? Butt, yeah, he's a Butt After Cheek. Last yeah, week. Butt Cheek Swag. Yep. There you go. Drag Swag. Uh, all right. Let's go back to our matchups. Rams taking on the, I think it's Rams Titans. Yes. Rams taking on the Titans in this game. Todd Gurley, obviously bonkers last week. Mm-hmm. Much tougher matchup this week. Yep, I don't care. <laughs> Todd Gurley, A grade. Averaging 130 total yards per game and over 22 t- touches per game. A grade. I-, I don't even have to go into it more. Nope. Just Jared Goff, I'm also giving an A. I'm giving this offense a lot of good grades here. Yes. Multiple touchdowns in seven of his last eight games. And over the last five weeks, only the Ravens have allowed more passing yards than the Titans. And that was because of 500 to Ben. Garoppolo and Savage each had 360 plus each. So... A grade for Goff. I'm giving an A grade for his man Woods. Woods picked up right where he left off. Led the team in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns last week. That's what he was doing before. Yep. B grade for Watkins. He scored in five of his last seven. You know, a little bit of a dud last week, but I think it Funny comes... has the dud when Woods comes back. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But he did start that touchdown streak while Woods was still in. Yeah. So, uh, and the Titans had allowed, in over the first ten weeks... Uh, the most wide receiver touchdowns last four. I think, you know, they've been better, but it's been a lot of matchups. Although, wait a minute, because Woods played the Vikings mm-hmm. in the game. When, when Woods and Watkins played, when Woods got hurt, it was the Vikings game. Mm-hmm. And Watkins scored after Woods left that okay. game. Yep. It's still, I'm still a little more skeptical. Let All me right. mention this. Titans secondary just put their what? number three cornerback, LaShawn Woods, on IR. And then this week, their other their number one cornerback yep. by a mile, Logan Ryan, missed the whole week of practice, not expected to play. Yep. This could be a big passing game mm-hmm. for Jared Goff and his receivers. And maybe Gurley gets the shocking dud mm, in this one. Obviously, you have to start him. And yep. No way am I recommending you, you bench Todd Gurley. Right. But nevertheless, this could be one that surprises his uh, owners unfavorably. We'll see. I was going to give Watkins and Cup both C's, but I did move Watkins up to a B just on the chance for a touchdown there. He's been scoring a lot. But he has. I did give Cup a C, and I was going to mention Logan, but... Uh, <laughs> I ju- I, sorry. That's perfect. I, I that's, jumped in. That's perfect. Let's go over to the Titans' side. Mariota, a C. Only Carson Wentz has had most, multiple touchdowns in the past six weeks against the Rams. But Mariota's got five rushing t- touchdowns. Uh, I, I can see Mariota having to pass to keep up with the... Rams. So, and he had a good week last week. So, I'm giving him a C grade. Giving his top guy, Matthews, a B grade. Matthews has scored and gone over 70 yards in three of his last five. And top targets against the Rams have 95 yards or more in four of the last five games. Decker, Davis, benching. Decker yep. last week had 63 yards. That was his best game. Davis hasn't topped 50 yards since week one. Rams are top 10 against wide receivers. But Delaney Walker, I'm giving an A grade. Five catches in seven of his last eight games. Touchdowns in three of his last four. Rams defense has given up four tight end touchdowns in the last two weeks. A grade. On to the running game. Henry and Murray, I'm both giving C's. I I feel like I do this every week, but the Rams are fourth worst against running backs. It's a decent matchup. They're allowing the second most yards per carry. I like both of these guys, but I like Henry a little more because at home, Henry's averaging five and a half yards per carry. Both his 100-yard games came at home. He's averaging three more touches per game at home. Uh, Murray, a lot less yards per carry, but the Rams are allowing over 50 yards receiving per game to running backs over the last month. So I think they're both startable, but C grades. Brian, 
Browns take on the Bears. You already told us about Duke Johnson on the Cleveland side. I think a lot of people wondering much more about the passing game for the Browns and especially Josh Gordon. I wish I could attribute who the, who tweeted this, but uh, someone said this game should be flexed to primetime and the loser has to hire Jeff Fisher. As <laughs> I love it. Oh, boy. That'd be great. Then we could like maybe hang Jeff Fish- Fisher That's from right. a cage above the field the whole time. It's like dangling above. <laughs> Can the NFL get a restraining order against letting Jeff Fisher coach? <laughs> I saw that, too. I would hope so. But anyway, on to the game uh, for the, the the Browns. You mean for, you mean future Giants no. head coach? No. Jeff Fisher? Oh, is that what you're talking no, about? I will, okay. I will defect. Uh, where was I? Oh, this Browns, is, you're talking Jeff Fisher Browns. is like making my skin crawl right now. Okay, uh, Josh Gordon, give him a B. Uh, averaging nine targets since his reinstatement. The problem is Deshaun Kaiser has been dispensing those targets, uh, but still got to give Gordon a starting grade here. Number ones have done well against the Bears recently. Marvin Jones had 85 yards. A.J. Green, Amadis, 5 for 64. Marquise to the castle. Goodwin, 8 for 99. Alshon Jeffrey, 52 and a touchdown. So Gordon has a somewhat safe floor in this matchup, I think. No one else for the the Browns in the passing game, though. I'm off Corey Coleman and Joku Kaiser all on the bench. I will give Isaiah Crowell a C. Amazingly, the most rushing yards the Bears have allowed were 95 to LeGarrette Blunt, of all people. And huh. Scott and I know that LeGarrette Blunt is the worst running back in the NFL. But uh, Crowell, uh, I don't know. He reels off big games at random times. I'm just going to give him a C here. The right. Bears haven't allowed a rushing touchdown since Week 10. Duke Johnson was my take a chance to be running back. I love his uh, prospects through the air. Going over to the Bears, Jordan Howard. Uh, just to see, the O-line's a little banged up for uh, Chicago. Tom Compton. Uh, questionable. Josh Sitton, doubtful. So I'm just giving him a C here. Cleveland is ranked number one against the run. Howard wet the bed last week. He could do it again this week. Nah. I would explore other options if you have them, but uh, he is startable. I got Tariq Cohen on the bench. I was tempted to give him a C. Cleveland has allowed the third most catches to running backs over the last four weeks, but I just can't do it in week 16. Sorry, Tariq, you're on the bench. I do have a C for Kendall Wright, though. Over the last two weeks, Kendall Wright has the third most receptions among wide receivers, and Cleveland has allowed the second most catches to wide receivers during that span. So uh, Wright is a very Solid PPR play this week. Uh, Adam Shaheen would be a great play if he goes with that chest injury. Cleveland is just awful against tight ends. And with Shaheen has seen, uh, seen at least four targets twice this year, he's topped 40 yards and scored in both of them. So if he goes, I like him a lot. Uh, I don't like him enough to give him a C. And then uh, Mitch Trubisky might take a chance on me quarterback. So, hey, that is a nice stack to throw cheap on fanball <laughs> right there with all those bears against these Browns. Uh, Vikings take on the Packers. This is a Saturday night game, as you all know. That's tonight. But don't don't wait until kickoff to set your lineup because there's an earlier Saturday game, and especially in our local listening audience here, I think you're you know when the Viking game is. Don't forget, there's another one before that. Just set your lineups now, so you don't have to sweat this. Game time temperatures have improved. The expectation has improved quite a bit by almost you know seven eight degrees, and I think that makes a difference here. Your kickoff temperature is twelve degrees. And the coldest it should get is around 10 degrees. That's not that bad. There's no wind at all. So I don't think weather's going to be a factor for this game. And I know some people were a little bit worried about that. All right, so let's dive into our Vikings. We begin with the uh, the running game. Latavius Murray could be sitting on a really nice game here. It'll be a cold, frozen Lambeau track. And straight-ahead runners like Murray are better suited for that kind of surface than McKinnon is. Packers have been torched by running backs for 190 yards per game over the last four weeks. That's a staggering amount of rushing yardage. Murray will continue to get the goal line work as well. He is an A grade in this game. But even McKinnon, who I, I just said, is I don't like the surface as much, but I like McKinnon here too. If the 190 yards to go around, Murray's not going to get all of it. And the Packers have had a lot of trouble with utility backs this season, including the last two weeks in which 
Duke Johnson scored. Christian McCaffrey scored in the last two games against the Packers. When McKinnon saw the Packers earlier this year, he ran for 69 yards and a touchdown. He caught five passes and scored a touchdown through the air as well. B grade for McKinnon. Let's go to the passing game. Case Keenum has earned a B grade for this one. Although he's never played a game, an NFL game, or NFL, he's never played any game in his life in freezing temperatures hmm. ever, which is interesting. In the last four games, the crumbling Packers secondary has been hit for 13 touchdowns in those four games, including three by Deshaun Kaiser. Keenum threw for 239 yards and one touchdown in the first meeting of the season, but he should be easily north of both of those numbers now because the Packers' defense is much more vulnerable now than it was then. And Keenum's improved a lot. Multiple touchdowns in seven of his last eight games. If I like Keenum, that means I like his receivers. Adam Thielen, A grade here. Injuries have forced the Packers to slide safety Morgan Burnett into the slot. And and they were getting lit up by slot receivers anyway. And then there's Thielen's numbers against the Packers. The last two meetings with the Packers, 21 receptions for 300 yards and two touchdowns. A grade for Thielen. I've got a B grade on Stefan Diggs for similar reasons. Diggs finally scored a touchdown last week. Devon House could play in this one, and I might like him a little bit less because of that, but still an excellent opportunity for Stefan Diggs with a B grade. And then Kyle Rudolph, um, I've got a B grade on him as well, but let's note this. He's got the ankle injury. Here's a frozen field. I don't know if that's an ideal scenario for a guy in a bad ankle. Still, touchdowns in four straight games, so you can't really bench him. And in the last three games, the Packers allowed Cameron Bray to score twice, Greg Olson to catch nine passes for 116 yards and a touchdown last week. So you kind of have to start him, and I've got to be great in him. So the, effectively, I like every Viking in this game. I don't like any of the Packers. <laughs> Not one. Everybody's on the bench but Jamal Williams. The only thing working in his favor is cold weather. He's a north-south runner. Again, frozen track. I like that a little bit better. But everything else works against him, including his mundane 3.6 yards per carry. Vikings run defense ranks third in yards allowed. They've only given up touchdowns to four runners all year long. And they might want to unleash Aaron Jones at some point, too, because he was much more dynamic of the two runners, and maybe they're going to give him more looks in the lost season at it's this unreal. point. Oh, no. Williams is the better running back. It's proven. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, Aaron, Aaron Jones is the second most elusive back, only behind Alvin Kamara this year. Uh, Jones is averaging two yards per carry 5. more 6. than yeah. Williams is. Two. So yeah, we're gonna have a fight over here. Soft yeah. matchups when he's played. Go back and check the team. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Uh, everybody else is on the bench, and I'm not even gonna extrapolate a lot on this. But you know, Brett Hundley's got all kinds of problems. Cold weather. No Devonte Adams. An excellent Viking secondary. Uh, he's never thrown a touchdown in Lambeau Field. I mean, there's all of those things not to like about Huntley. Jordy's gonna draw Xavier Rhodes. He's dead. Uh, Randall Cobb draws Terrence Newman. That's a bad matchup. He's done nothing against Newman for over the past four games, and what are you going to try? Geronimo Allison against Trey Waynes? There's nothing to like here. We'll take a break. When we come back, another set of matchups for you, including Buccaneers taking on the Panthers. Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, do you dare try them this week? Find out when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan. Final 
episode of year number 23 of Fantasy Football Weekly. Thank you for joining us. If you're listening now, I hope that means you are in the championship game. Let's go back to the matchups. The Buccaneers are taking on the Panthers. Scott, uh, Mike Evans, hit and miss all season mm-hmm. long. Yep. Do you like him here now? And starting opposite him, Chris Godwin I like will him. be your starter for the Bucs. Talk to me about this passing game. I liked Godwin a lot coming out. Great at contested catches. Uh I have Winston with an A, 270-plus yards and at least two touchdowns in each of the three games since returning from injury. Yeah, Carolina was really good against the pass all year, uh, pass and run, but recently... Slumping lately. Yeah, allowed multiple touchdowns in five of the last six games to quarterbacks. Yeah. So Winston an A. I'm still giving Evans an A. Panthers allowing the seventh most yards and the second most touchdowns to wide receivers over the last five weeks. Finally scored again last week, but yeah, I'm giving Evans an A still. All right. Chris Godwin, just mentioned I really like him. So uh, I am giving him a C grade. He put up five catches for 68 yards on 10 targets when Evans was suspended. He's going to get a start this week, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nine wide receivers have 100 yards or a score since week nine against the Panthers. Multiple getting involved. So I like Godwin. C grade. For the tight end, Cameron Bray, he is a little injured, so (laughs) have to to watch that. Panthers have been second best against tight ends, but recently... They've allowed touchdowns in three of the last five games, 130 yards in each in the last two weeks total, and Brake catches four to- four balls per game with Winston in. Every tight end to catch four balls against the Panthers since week one had 60-plus yards receiving. The running game sounds like Martin's going to be back, and I don't want any part of that against no. against the top five Panthers run defense. I don't know why they would have put him back on the I know. field. He was terrible. Th- like All just, year. Just over three yards per carry. He was terrible. Quietly one of the worst draft picks you possibly could have made this past preseason yep. was where, Doug Martin. Where he was going, for yep. sure. Uh, Panther side, I'm giving a Newton an A. Uh, Bucks have given up the most third most yards to quarterbacks over the last five weeks, and I think everybody at Fanball has him as their number one quarterback. I do, including yeah, including you. Uh, Funches, I'm giving a B, and it's because he's still dealing with that shoulder injury. He's been under sixty yards three straight weeks dealing with that. He's gotten into the end zone a couple times. The Bucks are by far the worst against wide receivers, most yards and third most touchdowns. So I'm still giving him a B, but I'm concerned. Demir Bird was your take a chance on me. I like that. I had a yeah. good starting grade on him, too. Uh, Greg Olson, I'm only giving a B grade, too. The Bucks are top 10 versus tight ends. Haven't allowed a tight end touchdown since week seven. But we're just one re- removed from Eric Ebron lighting up the, the Bucks for 10 catches, 94 yards. Mm-hmm. And Olsen came back as the security blanket last week. Funches, as we said, hurt. So Olsen gets a B. Over to the running game. McCaffrey, I'm giving an A grade, too. <laughs> I, I do too. I yeah. think he's, he's sitting on a great game. Yeah, the Bucks are sixth worst against running backs, but let, let's look at these receiving running backs: Tariq Cohen, Dalvin Cook, James White, Lashawn McCoy, Alvin Kamara, McCaffrey himself, Theo Riddick, Devonta Freeman. All of them five plus catches, and six of those eight had at least fifty-five yards. That's not counting rushing yards or touchdowns. Right. Yeah. That's in PPR. That's double that's the all fantasy I need points by itself. Yeah, just there. So, A for McCaffrey. I'm going to give Stewart a C. Five touchdowns in his last four games. Um, Bucks are sixth worst against running backs. Second most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. And if the Panthers get up, they might run it down with Stewart. So I'll give him a C. Falcons take on the Saints, Brian. And these are two pretty good defenses, but there's so much star power on the field. I feel like we're starting most of these guys. 
Yeah, these teams just met uh, a few weeks ago in an they Elite did. 14. Uh, so let's talk Atlanta first, and let's talk Mohamed Sanu before Julio Jones That's my Jones guy here. this week. He, as he should be. Uh, nickel corner slash safety Frankenstein position Kenny Vaccaro was put on IR this week. Uh, don't get me wrong, a great player, but... <laughs> well, gonna... he's the bottom. Vakar was the bottom ranked coverage safety in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. Jeez. He's out, so presumably his backup PJ Williams is, worse. is even worse. Yep. Uh, yeah, that opens the door for Sanu to do uh, do better than his six catches for 83 yards and a touchdown he had against New Orleans two weeks ago. So he is an easy top ten. I had Sanu ahead of Jones two weeks ago. I got Sanu ahead of Jones this week. Wow. I'm with you there. So that's why let's just give Julio the B here, likely to be shadowed by a, a sticky corner, Marshawn Lattimore, who did cover him 72% of the time in Week 14. Julio did uh, catch three balls for 73 yards in Lattimore's cover- coverage and finished with five catches for 98 yards. So he is startable, but not a great great matchup for Julio here. Uh, Austin Hooper Scooper is on the bench where he belongs. Uh, Matt Ryan, I'm tempted to put him on the bench. Struggled mightily in the Week 14 game. Uh, that included a span of four games where he's totaled just three touchdowns. Coming off a short week, looked like he hurt his throwing hand on Monday night. The Saints are eighth against the pass, allowing just 230 yards and one touchdown per game on average. You can bench Matt Ryan if you have better options, but I'll give him a C here. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the return of Tevin Coleman uh, in the running game, I'm giving Devontae Freeman just a B here. The Saints are allowing 135 combo yards per game to running backs, but Coleman should eat into some of Freeman's production. uh, So he gets a B. Coleman on the bench. Can't trust him in the Week 16 uh, championship. Uh, over to the Saints. Uh, as we all remember, Alvin Kamara was knocked out early in this game when, yeah. they, admit, when yeah. they met. But for, he for, the, for the five plays he was on the field, he rolled up like 40 yards, and he was on his way to what would have been an awesome game, mm-hmm. I think, and he knocked a bunch of people out of the playoffs. Yeah, extrapolate those stats, and uh, he would have like 40 PPR points probably. Exactly. Uh, minimum. Yeah, Kamara yes. and Ingram will not let you down in this game. Uh, they both get an A, uh, as does Michael Thomas. Crazy to think this is the only non-running back among skill players worth talking about for the Saints. It hasn't been that way for years. Years, but uh, yeah. three straight games with a touchdown for Thomas, which includes the previous matchup between these two teams. So he gets the A. But just a, a B for Drew Brees. This running game is just too strong. Yep. Uh, two seventy-one and two in the first meeting, which is a uh, solid numbers. But that's probably that's a, that, that feels like yeah. That feels that's like exactly ceiling, what so Brees is sitting on. Just a B for Brees. Agreed. Next matchup: Broncos taking on the Washington Redskins, and we've got a handful of players, but not a lot of starters in this one, as it should be a defensive tussle of sorts. Let's start on the Broncos side, where they haven't made it official yet, but it looks like Osweiler's going to be the guy under helm. But they have not told us yet because they're trying to be all crafty and not not let anybody know the starting quarterback is going to be like it matters. But C.J. Anderson gets a B. Washington has allowed 135 yards and nearly one score on the ground per game over the last five weeks. Those are terrible numbers. In fact, league-worst numbers for the rushing yards allowed. Anderson produced more yards on the ground last week than his previous four outings combined. If they're going to workhorse him again for another 30 carries this week, then I like C.J. Anderson a lot. So let's try C.J. Anderson with a B grade. The only other starting grade is Demarius Thomas, and it's a wobbly one at that. He runs half his routes on Josh Norman's side of the field. Norman's been giving up his share of big plays, though. Still, I now you're asking Brock Osweiler to beat him, and I don't think Brock Osweiler is going to beat Norman too many times here, but a wobbly C start on Demarius Thomas, and everybody else is on the bench. You know, It's an Osweiler-led offense, and everybody else is is not at all reliable, and Emmanuel Sanders has got this nagging ankle injury that seems to be even worse than it has been for the last month. Didn't practice all week. There's a good chance he won't play at all. You can't start him either. Let's go to the Washington side. 
I've only got a couple of C grades to spread around. Capri Bibbs was Scott's take a chance on me guy, and I agree. It's a C grade right now, and if Perrine gets ruled out, I'd bump him up to a B grade as well. Let's go to the passing game. I've got a bench grade on Kirk Cousins because it's all bad news here. Let's start here. He's going to be without his blindside left tackle, Trent Williams. His recent four-game average is 210 passing yards, which isn't great. Then he faces Denver. This is the league's number 2 pass defense at 200 yards per game. And then Cousins' top target and the only reliable receiver he's got is Jamison Crowder. He draws Chris Harris, the best coverage slot cornerback in the entire league. Denver's yielded some passing touchdowns, but those are mostly to tight ends. And Vernon Davis has been brutal. So I don't know where Kirk Cousins gets his points, and I'm very nervous about him here. Let's talk about uh, Vernon Davis. Over the last month, and Jordan Reed's been out for a month. He's been the lock starter, Vernon Davis. He's averaging 14 yards a game. Yet, listen to how juicy this matchup is. Denver's bottom five in tight end catches, tight end targets, tight end receiving yards, and tight end touchdowns. So just like the Giants, but what did Davis do against the Giants? Nothing. I know. <laughs> so I got I got a C grade just because the matchup's so favorable for Vernon Davis, and there's nowhere else for the ball to go. So I got a C grade on him, but you know the risks at this point. Last guy I'll mention, uh, Jamison Crowder, averaging six catches, eighty-one yards over the last seven weeks. But it's a tough matchup for him, uh, left and right. He's got elite. He's got elite co- uh, cornerback coverage all the time, and. Uh, it, uh, it's slot cornerback, as I mentioned, Chris Harris is awesome. Only two slot receivers have scored against the Broncos all year, none of them in six games. Tad, insult to injury to that Washington. Uh, I saw a stat the other day that with Trent Williams out, the Redskins have not scored over 20 points. Really? Yeah. Going back like the course of his career? I don't or? know. It might have been a this season thing. All right, because Trent did miss check. a couple of games this season, yeah. but it really does change the offense materially. Yeah. So basically it's caution on really all the players in all of this matchup. I'm going to try to work in one phone call into this into this segment. I believe on hold the longest is, I think, it's regular caller Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey, guys. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to everyone. Again. Thank you. Peacock on the uh, Ben Watson last week. Awesome call. That is, uh, that's for you, Brian. Thank, Thank you, Ben. Brian. <clears throat> All right. Roll it back this week. Text. This is what we got here. I know you guys are anti-Packers, but if the Packers were to beat the Vikings, I'm scared about Nick Foles. Yeah, you should be. Um, and with saying that, I currently have Antonio Gates in my lineup. This is a touchdown heavy, no PPR, 75-25. Okay. I have Ben Watson and Charles Clay. Which of those three would you start? Brian, this is right in your wheelhouse. My hands are raised in the air right now, Ben. It's uh, it's your your namesake, Ben Watson. <laughs> ben Watson's our guy. Let's go. Double down. So then, out of Gates and Clay, who should I release? Should I stick with Foles or should I pick up Bortles? I I would want Bortles on my roster just so you can make the pivot if you need to. So you got to dump one of them. Um, I would. I think I would dump. I would dump Gates. Yeah. Out of the really? two, okay. I'd hold Clay. Yeah, and, and in last, part because, and we're going to talk about Clay a little more later. But there's nobody there. There's almost nobody else for Tyrod Taylor to throw to left in this offense. So and he's, uh, he's always been his guy. Too. Yeah, he's been his guy. Yeah. So let's hey, try. Would that. you play? Last thing, would you play uh, Robert Woods over Julio Jones? I've got him about. Oh, I would. I've got him about six, seven yeah. spots higher. 
And Funches. I've got Funches at wide receiver. I'm looking at my six. I got wide Robert Woods at wide receiver seven, and I've got Julio at wide receiver thirteen. All right, guys, you you are insane. You're awesome. Thank appreciate you, Ben. It. Appreciate all the loyalty this year. I'll call you next year. Take it's care. A, it's buddy. a deal. Bye bye. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Five hot questions for our, our panel of experts. You can play along. Try to go five and zero for the last time this year. You're listening to the fan. Welcome back to the show. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson with you. It is time for a bit we like to call Five Hot Questions. Formerly Five Tough Questions. I can, I've got my own buttons over here Tony's now. I can hit my own buttons. Is I know. that right? Wow, How this show's that? come a long it really way. Has. Wow, it really has. It's very impressive. Who is the 2017 Fantasy Football MVP? Scott? Todd Gurley, 17 touchdowns, 130 yards per game. Really only the one dud where he didn't get 95 total yards. Uh, and he's doing it in your fantasy playoffs. If you had him in your lineup last week, it's completely unlikely that you lost. Uh, Todd Gurley for me. Yeah, Alvin Kamara jumps out. Le'Veon Bell's money in the bank. Car- Carson Wentz, even for a while. Even Zach Ertz were guys I was thinking about. But it mm-hmm. is Gurley. And the one dud you mentioned, that was against Seattle in Week 5, which is... Uh, Pretty reasonable to uh, throw up a dud against him. Yeah. yeah, he's been money in the bank, and he was late second, early third round value. Just huge return there. I asked my friends at my fantasy league, who is the most commonly rostered player mm-hmm. on championship roster? So on either either of the teams left playing this week, Todd Gurley is in rosters in over half of That's the championship awesome. rosters. Wow. That's astounding. Giovanni's hot question number two. All right, then. Who should be the first pick in fantasy leagues next year? Brian. On November 12th, I tweeted Alvin Kamara 1.1 in 18, and I wasn't joking. I stand by that. Even if uh, Ingram is around, there's a chance Mark Ingram is not a saint next year. If he makes the all-pro first team, his contract is voided, and he becomes Mm -hmm. a free agent. And that is feasible. But uh, Kamara, if you watch him play, I... He looks like LT. He looks like Barry Sanders. He looks in that vein. I am all about Alvin Kamara. I don't care for his pick next year. I love that call. I didn't even think of it. Um, I'm going hot takey here, and I'm going DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) I love him. With uh, with, uh, Watson should be healthy well in time for the season. Uh, I I think that a full season with DeAndre or with uh, Watson, he's going to be unreal next year. Just unreal. I believe Watson will be my number two wide receiver next year, which yeah, means Hopkins. for me and the way I draft, that'll probably put him in the top two or three. The let's first let's start with this regarding Alvin Kamara. Let's not fall into the trap of confusing the question, which is who should be the first pick in fantasy leagues next year, with who's the most talented running back in the league? Because I think Alvin Kamara may be the most talented running back in the league. But here's the problem: timeshare runners are never an option at pick number one of the first round. Now, you may be saying, is it going to be a timeshare or not? you got to have a workhorse back. By the way, this is one of your own takes, Brian. From this preseason, you pounded the table. Don't take timeshare backs early. All preseason. Now look what you're doing. So how can Kamara get to be a timeshare? There's only one way. 
Mark Ingram has got an out clause in his contract that allows him to become a free agent if he gets named to the Associated Press All-Pro first team. That's only two guys. Only two runners get that distinction, and Mark Ingram's not going to be one of those two guys. Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell are going to be the obvious selections over him, and if it's not going to be one of those guys, it's going to be his own teammate, Alvin Kamara. So, Ingram's going to remain in New Orleans. He's going to continue to get roughly an even timeshare with Kamara. That takes him out of consideration for the first pick overall as a 50-50 timeshare guy. And that leaves Antonio Brown as the first pick next year. Devani's hot question number three. Robert Woods is approximately wide receiver 15 in average points per game. Next year, should he be ranked above or below wide receiver number 15? Scott. I hate this question. <laughs> I hate it because uh, I, I, there's jokes around the office that when I got hired, it was because I was a Robert Woods truther, and there were so <laughs> few of us out there. Uh, so I really love him. I'm going to go just below. He's not topping OBJ, Hopkins, Brown, Julio, Evans, Thomas, Green, Allen. He's not topping those. There's other guys, Landry, Cooper, Adams, Cooks, Hilton, Baldwin, Hill, Thielen, Jeffrey, A-Rob, Juju Smith-Schuster, Gordon, Funches. He's going to be in that range, but I don't think people are going to be as high on him. And also, there's a very long history of top-scoring NFL teams falling back to earth, of 30-plus point-per-game teams falling back to earth. Watkins' first there, year there, I think he improves. I think that Cooper Cup, rookie season, he improves. I don't know that Watkins is going to have the same numbers next year. I'm putting him just below 15. All right. For the record, I understand Kamara being a timeshare, but he is a unicorn. I'm still taking him first overall. <laughs> but uh, I got I got Woods outside the top 15. Um, he has missed two to three games uh, in every season in his career but one. That includes this year. So uh, the points per game, a little misleading and a little even more misleading because this year they're propped by two monster games where he had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. So he's not inside the top 15, but he is a wide receiver, too, for me inside the top 24. Uh, we are all on the same page. He's just under wide receiver number 15. Giovanni's hot question number four. Will Carson rank... Uh, Carson, excuse me. Let me start over. Giovanni's hot <laughs> question number four. Next year, Carson Wentz will be ranked as a top five quarterback, a top ten quarterback, or lower than that. Brian. All right, in no particular order, the top five, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, and number five, it could be Brady, could be Breeze, could be Ben, could be Jimmy Garoppolo. But no, it's Carson Wentz. He's inside the top five. His knee will be fine come uh, opening day. Okay. See, that's my concern, is that his knee won't be 100% fine by opening day, or he'll be limited with a knee, a knee brace, and a lot of his points came out, came from running the ball. Uh, well, not a lot, but you know, a, a good amount. I'm putting him just outside the top five, but still in the top ten. When Luck and Newton were going to miss this year, they didn't go past the top ten. When Brady missed his four-game suspension, he didn't go past the top ten. So, between five and ten. He'll be in the top five. I think part of it's going to be that you have to factor in age catching up to some of these older, high-performing quarterbacks. Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, all guys that are on the cusp of having that, that year where they fall off the table. Kind of like maybe a little bit of an Eli Manning type situation. The competition is going to be is going to be stout though. Russell Wilson's going to be in. Brady's probably going to be in. Watson's probably going to be in. Rodgers is going to be in. Some people are going to make a case for Newton to be in. I won't. Some will. It's going to be hard to get him in the top five. But I think I'm going to look back at the end of the day and look back at him as being number three in fantasy mm-hmm. points per game this year. And people love shiny new toys too. We do love our new so, toys, don't we? Yep. And that's why Watson's going to be inside my yep. top five too. Yep. Exactly. He will be a top five guy. 
Devani's hot question number five. Solve this debate that hit my Twitter feed this week. It's championship week in a redraft league. Your opponent has Greg Zerline, highest scoring kicker by a mile. By the way, third most commonly held player in championship uh, in championship matchups <laughs> this week. Heading into this week, Greg Zerline. For all those people who kickers don't count, no kickers will never get you to a championship. Kickers don't matter. Uh, Greg Zerline mattered. Anyway, is it okay? So your opponent has Greg Zerline going into this week. Is it okay to dump most of your backups? and roster a bunch of best-available kickers to keep your opponent from getting a good one. Scott? I think it's silly, but uh, it, it could work. It's it's not a debate for me, though. If your rules don't prohibit it, it's fine for me. It's fine if your rules don't prohibit it. If you don't like it, make a rule. Can't make a rule now. Right, not right. I'm saying for next yes. year, but if your rules don't prohibit it, it's a, it's fair game. Yeah, I'm not opposed to this, and not just for kickers, any position. If it's I'm playing Scott, heads up in the championship, we both have equal chance to uh, add players. I'll try and block Strategery. him as best I can. Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I just think that's just that's just part of being a good owner. Yep. Now, don't confuse this with uh, the guys. There, there are some there are some last minute shenanigans, some obvious ones like people who are out of it will uh, release their whole roster and just to screw up the league. Yeah, if you're out terrible. of it, no, but you can't do terrible. that. Two guys, but two it. guys yep. in the championship. Yeah, do what you want. Yep. You know, you got you still have to drop players to do that. You might drop a player the other guy wants by accident. Who knows? I have no problem with that. Uh, let's work in one more matchup into this segment. Maybe more than one. We'll see how quickly you get through Jaguars versus 49ers. Scott, it's the return of Leonard Fournette. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm more excited about Blake Bortles. Somehow, week 16, we're here. Blake Bortles, A grade. Wow. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. But over the last three weeks, he's averaging over 300 yards. He's thrown seven touchdowns and no picks. San Francisco, they're terrible. <laughs> they've against allowed the pass. Yeah, against the pass. They've allowed multiple touchdown passes in eight of their last nine games. And one, the one that didn't was Trubisky, and I'm not sure he qualifies as a quarterback. So, um <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the passing game, though, I'm giving Keelan Cole an A grade here too. I I, I think that there there could be a decent amount of passing, and he before even before last week's breakout, he had scored in three straight, at least three catches in six of the last seven games, topped 45 yards in six of his last eight, and his 19 yards per catch now leads the league, making him viable on low catch days. It's true. The 49ers have allowed 60 yards or a touchdown to four receivers in the last three games, including four scores. Yes, Westbrook had a dud last week, but in the three games prior, he was averaging nine targets and over five catches per game. I'm giving him a C. I think Mickens might be a little fluky. You can't do that in a championship game. I wouldn't. Uh, Fournette. Averaging 21 attempts per game. The last five running backs with 20-plus touches against the 49ers, over 100 yards. Most of them scored as well. They've been good the last five weeks against running backs, but there's some uh, cupcakes in that schedule. So I think that that's more of what happened. I'm giving Fournette a nice B there. All right, over to the 49ers side. Jimmy Garoppolo, you are facing the Jaguars. You're not a touchdown machine. I'm benching you. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Only Roethlisberger and Wilson had over 250 yards against them. Speaking of Roethlisberger, the last quarterback to open a career 5-0, five wins, no losses, Mm -hmm. before Jimmy Garoppolo was Ben Roethlisberger, rookie year. 2004. Yep. Uh, Brent Selleck, you're only average. (laughs) You're Garrett Selleck, excuse me. Tall. 
All right. Uh, he's averaging three targets per game with Jimmy G in there. He's had a couple good games in a row, but that's not a lot of volume against a good Jags defense that hasn't allowed or that has only allowed 39 total yards to tight ends over the last three weeks, benching you. I'm still starting Goodwin, though. Still, C grade. I know you're going you're gonna to face off of one of the Rambo combo there. But despite, despite not only allowing one touchdown in the first 10 games to wide receivers, the Jacks have allowed six in the last four games. Mm. And the top receiving option has scored a 20-plus yard touchdown in three straight. Yeah, That's what Goodwin can do. So uh, he will get peppered with targets, I think. And a C grade is, is fine for him. Carlos Hyde, I'm not even sure you're good anymore. Uh, I'm, I know. I'm going to give you a C grade, and it's all on the 16.5 touches per game volume you get. But with Jimmy J in there, you've only had three targets so far with Jimmy G. Well, it's because he, he can throw downfield. Exactly. Got a quarterback that can do that. Yes. Hyde's only averaging 57 rushing yards per game, 3.9 yards per carry, 5.9 yards per reception when he does, which is the worst among running backs. Uh, I, I'm giving you a C, and it's all because I think you can get some volume. Seahawks take on. Uh, do we have time? No, we, we, we do. Take, we uh, think so. I can. Go all right. Quick. Okay. Seahawks take on the Cowboys. Russell Wilson with the dud last week, but prior to that, it was like eight straight great games for him, and I'd like him a lot this week again. Yeah, I'm going back to A land with Russell, uh, Eli, CJ, Bethard, and Kirk Cousins in the rain are the only quarterbacks that failed to throw multiple touchdown passes against the Cowboys all year. So Wilson is a, a great A start. Doug, Wilden, Doug Baldwin, give him a B. The Cowboys have allowed eight wide receiver touchdowns over the last five weeks. Orlando Skandrick might not even play, so Baldwin is startable as well. Not going to bat for any of the other wide receivers, though. Definitely not in Week 16. Jimmy Graham, I'm going to give him a B, too. Dallas has allowed four tight end touchdowns over their last seven games, and Graham has seen more red zone targets than anyone on this planet, so he is startable. And there's no way I'm playing a Seattle back with Sean Lee healthy. He is just a human vacuum when yep. it comes to running backs. Uh, over to Dallas. Speaking of running backs, Ezekiel Elliott is back. I'm going to give him a hard B with an obvious A ceiling. Uh, he's guaranteed 200 yards and is expected to see significant touches. <laughs> guaranteed uh, 200 yards because he bet on it. Yeah, he lost his left, tack- left tackle, though. Uh, Lyle Collins also might not play in this game. Yeah. So uh, it, banged up line, but uh, Seattle is supposed to be a tough matchup for running backs. But go ahead and ask Todd Gurley uh, for his take on that one. He uh, just absolutely shredded them last week. Mm-hmm. Des Bryant can give him a B against Seattle. Opposing wide receivers are averaging 191 yards per game over the last five weeks with six total touchdowns with all those injuries. So he is startable. No other wide receiver is. Jason Witten, not startable either. Seattle has allowed just four tight end touchdowns all season. Witten hasn't topped 50 yards since week 10 and is totally touchdown dependent. No Donka on him. And Dak Prescott, you can give a C. I'm still very cautious here, even with Zeke back. Could help him, could hurt him a lot more. Uh, but Seattle's secondary has been touched up in a very bad way. Ravaged by injuries, allowing 260-plus passing yards per game over the last three weeks. So Dak gets the C. The early game today is Colts-Ravens. We'll tell you how we feel about guys like T.Y. Hilton, Alex Collins, Joe Flacco, Ben Watson, and more when we come back. Search no further for the best fantasy football talk on the radio. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to the show. 
It is Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson. It's Championship Week. We're here with everything you need to bring home the hardware. It starts today. Uh, what time? To, and by the way, Ryan, are we carrying the the early game? I suppose we're not because we've got pregame show for Vikings and all that. Yeah, I think you can hear it over on our sister station. There we go. Yeah, we'll on go AM eleven thirty. I don't even know what time that game is. Three thirty. Three thirty. Thank 330 you. Three thirty kickoff. Colts Ravens Saturday game. Set your lineup now so you don't. This one doesn't sneak up on you. And there are some players to play, but not a lot on the Colts side. Let's start with Jacoby Brissett, who's obviously on the bench, and I don't even really need to expound on that, so I'm not going to. Uh, against the Ravens, but I'll mention that I do have a B grade on Jack Doyle, his tight end, because Baltimore's actually surrendered more touchdowns to tight ends than they have to wide receivers this year. And Doyle is second among all tight ends with 71 catches, so you figure the volume's going to be there, and if the Ravens are going to shut out the wide receivers, then Jack Doyle's playable. If Jacoby Brissett is a starter next year and we bench him, can we just call him Jacoby Brissett? I like it. No. Why not do that now? Right, I don't go. know. Let's see. Because we're sitting him this week. All right. uh, T.Y. Hilton gets a, a narrow C grade. Uh, they, The Baltimore secondary has really been rocked since Jimmy Smith went down. But they've also been a very tough secondary to score on all year. They have a league-low five wide receiver touchdowns allowed this year. Five. That's it. That is crazy low. Hilton has scored only once in his last five weeks. It really... I vacillated between a bench grade and a C grade on Hilton. I'm giving him a C grade just because I figure Indy's going to be down throughout and passing constantly, and there could be a garbage touchdown to be had for Hilton here. Frank Gore's on the bench. In the six games Indianapolis has lost by double-digit figures, Gore's average game has been 10 carries, 44 yards, and he hasn't scored in any of them, and this figures to be a double-digit loss for the Colts. They're 13.5-point underdogs. On the road against a playoff-bound Baltimore team, allowing the fifth-fewest rushing yards. So there's nothing to like about Frank Gore. He's on the bench. Let's go to the Baltimore side. I love Alex Collins this week. Even with the dud last week, he's still sitting on a potentially gigantic game against a Colts defense that gave up 158 yards to, to C.J. Anderson last week and 156 yards to LaShawn McCoy the week before that. Collins has scored in four of the past five weeks. India's allowed rushing touchdowns in three of the past four games. It's all good for Alex Collins here. A solid A grade. In fact, I think I've got him at running back five this week. Maybe six. Something in that seven. I've got him as running back seven this week. Uh, other starters we like. Joe Flacco was my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. He's a B grade. Ben Watson was Brian's take-a-chance-on-me tight end. He's a B grade. Mike Wallace, also a B grade. Always a burner. Wallace is averaging 20 yards per catch over the last three weeks, and he faces Indianapolis's 85th-ranked cornerback by pro football focus, Quincy Wilson, and just a battered cold secondary, allowing the third most receiving yards. They've given up a wide receiver touchdown in six of the past seven games, and there's no threat from Jeremy Macklin, who's not going to go in this one. Sounds like another stackable team on Fanball. Saturday-only slate today. Oh, do we Fan have a Saturday-only nice. slate? Oh, yeah. yeah, we there do. There you go. That's your, that is your Flacco-Mike Wallace hookup right there. And Ben Watson. Don't forget to throw him in there. All right, and Ben Watson. Although I want Alex Collins on my roster. So right. you know, what am I you can fit about it. that? You can fit it. I, can, I, I don't know that I want four Ravens in my in my Fanball stack. That might be a bit, bit, bit. That might be a hefty stat. I don't know. It's the Colts. <laughs> that is that is true. Uh, Bunk Allen even uh, gets a C grade here because garbage time. They, and this is it worked out this way a couple of times. Three of the past four games, 
Bunk Allen has been a viable fantasy starter because they're getting ahead by so much, Mm -hmm. and that figures to be the case here, and he could get some garbage time stats. There you go. Colts-Ravens. It's a gross game, but it's happening today at 3.30. Giants taking on the Cardinals. Scott, Eli Manning would normally be a guy I'd consider here, but I'm a little bit nervous because Davis Webb was getting first-team reps in practice, and I'm I'm a little bit worried that it's some that they may want to throw him out for something and and get some usage out of him. Yeah, that is my concern. I did make him my take on, but there is a, there is definitely a concern for that. Uh, but like I mentioned in that take on, he's passing the ball over fifty times per game. If Davis Webb comes in, uh, they'll probably want to check out his arm as well. So. I gave both Shepard and Ingram very strong Bs this week. I, I would have considered A's if I was a little more certain uh, of the situation there, but uh, I'm giving strong Bs to Shepard and Ingram. Uh, Charge likes to point this uh, stat out, has it for a couple weeks now, I believe, yes. that seven straight weeks slot receivers have led their team in yardage against the Cardinals. That's Sh- astounding stat. Mm-hmm. It really is. It is. It seven is. straight weeks of slot receivers led their team in receiving yards against the Cardinals. Yep. Sterling and- Shepard. Yep, Shepard coming off a season-high 16 targets. And if you're worried about Pat Pete, he's played Doug Baldwin five times last two years, did not travel to cover him. Right, if you're not going to cover Baldwin, he's not going to cover Shepard. Exactly. So don't worry about it there. He's also not going to cover Ingram. The Cardinals have struggled against good tight ends. Doyle, Ertz, Brait, and Graham all had at least 75 yards or a touchdown, even multiple touchdowns for Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Ingram, too, to, to soak up some targets. Uh, King, I believe, has a concussion, so Roger Lewis will probably see Patrick Peterson uh, bench. <laughs> so uh, the yeah. the running game, no thanks. Against the top six-ranked Cardinals defense that held Gurley under 75 yards, no. no. <laughs> Just no. Over to the Cardinals side. Uh, Stanton, I'm giving a C grade to him. I'm scared about his knee. He's got a bad knee, but they're still starting him over a healthy Gabbert, which is really weird. Uh, over the last five weeks, the Giants have allowed the seventh most yards and the sixth or second most touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks. Ten passing touchdowns in the last four weeks, so it's a great matchup for Stanton. But he's hurt, and when he was healthy, only just Blaine over... Gabbert was so bad. Yeah, so bad. The that last tells you two how weeks, bad they would is. rather have Drew Stanton on one leg out exactly. there than Blaine Gabbert. Yep, such a good matchup that I'm gonna give him a C. But man, I, I hope you don't have to go down that road. Fitzgerald, I'm still giving him an A grade. He actually averaged more catches, yards, targets, and yards per catch under Stanton than any other quarterback he's had at quarterback this year. So I think that uh, I give him an A grade. Giants are bottom 10 against wide receivers on the season. And a few slot guys, Baldwin, Crowder, Aguilar, all all scored, all had really good games. A for Fitzgerald. B for RSJ. Giants have allowed the. I don't need to tell anyone. Giants are terrible against. Terrible no, yep, against the tight end. We know. End. Yep. Uh, the the only concern is Stanton peppered Gresham the last time. Was RSJ more of a, more of a Gabbert like thing? Gabbert guy. Or uh-huh. or is he just emerging? Also, he's had a couple duds recently, so I'm only giving him a B. I'm also giving the Cardinals starting running back a B. Whoever that might be. <laughs> Whoever it might be. The Giants have allowed the most rushing yards and the ninth most receiving yards to running backs in the last five weeks. Mm-hmm. Over the season, in the last five weeks, they're bottom five in both those categories. Four running back touchdowns over the last three weeks. Uh, it's almost better if Kerwin Williams doesn't go it is. and Elijah Penny better. gets all the yep. carries. That would vault Penny into, into really an Absolutely. excellent spot as a guy you could... I literally pick up off the waiver wire and start any yep. championship week Absolutely. this week if yep. Williams doesn't go. Kerwin had 16 carries or more in three straight games, and when he went out, Penny had 10 carries in the second half last week. Uh, 
I, I think if Kerwin does go, he's going to be the guy. He's he's shown he can play hurt. Yeah. But if he can't go, that'll be great for Penny. Be great for the starting running back. Go to Penny if you're in a pinch. Oh, I like it. Raiders. I I don't like the Raiders. Raiders taking on the Eagles. Brian, this is a tough matchup for all of the Raiders. I there's not one on the docket that I particularly like this week. No, you can start a few, but one of them uh, is not Amari Cooper, who will who expected to make his return. But Cooper did not get you to your championship game. No, do not trust him in your championship no. game. Uh, yeah, he's on the bench for me. Uh, I'm, I'll give Michael Crabtree a B here. The Eagles have allowed the third most receptions and the sixth most yards to wideouts. Crabtree had a great game last week. The return of Cooper might take a little pressure off of him, actually, so uh, he's certainly startable here. Uh, not a startable game for Jared Cook. He's on the bench. Philly allows less than 50 yards per game to tight ends. They've allowed one score to the position over their last seven games. Get Cook out of your lineups if he's in there. Uh, Derek Carr. Man, this is the Monday night game, by the way. I don't know if I want Derek Carr as my hammer quarterback in nope. my fantasy championship. Nope. So I've got him on the bench nope. despite Philly allowing multiple touchdown passes in three straight, including Eli Manning just yeah, torched him, him for the first half of that game. was QB1 last week against Philly, but I still have Carr on the bench. Uh, I will give Marshawn Lynch a B, even though I fear the game script is not going to favor him here. But uh, Mike Davis and Todd Gurley topped 100 yards against Philly in recent weeks. Lynch has scored five times in his last six games. The Eagles have allowed three rushing touchdowns over the last two weeks, so I will give Lynch a B here. Uh, I'm not going to give Jay Ajayi a B uh, going over to Philly side. I'm going to give him a C here. Has totaled 30 touches over the last two weeks. <sighs> Blunt and Clement have combined for 33. <laughs> Audible sigh from Fish. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fish banged the drum pretty hard for Ajayi. I did as well, but no one banged it harder than, uh, than Fish here. But uh, let's, I'll give him a B upside here, but just a C, uh, C grade. Oakland has allowed five running back touchdowns over the last five weeks. Ajayi... Hopefully another uptick in uh, touches here. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, just a B for him. Sean Smith has played better as the season's gone on. He uh, he totally shut down Des Bryant last week, but uh, you can't bench Jeffrey. No way. He gets the B. I am benching Nelson Aguilar, though. Uh, this is not a, a startable spot for him. TJ Carey is a legit, a legit nickel corner for Oakland. He has shut down other notable slot receivers this year, so Aguilar on the bench for me. Uh, complete opposite for Zach Ertz, of course, an A in an amazing matchup. Oakland is top four in catches and yards allowed to tight ends, so that's an easy start. And Nick Foles, I give a, a cautious C here with B upside. Uh, Oakland has allowed only one passing touchdown over the last three weeks, but they've also faced Geno Smith, Alex Smith, and Lack Prescott, so... Uh, just a C for Foles. Uh, we should note, if the Vikings are upset by the Packers, Eagles have nothing to play for. No, and now, and so, yeah. you know, if you've got if you've got pivotal Eagles that you're counting on, you're really now, you know, ideally before kickoff, should be making backup plans with your roster so that you know what to do if this thing if this or, thing turns. Or, or grab Mac Hollins, Corey Clement. Some I'd rather not go this. with Eagles backups. I mean, I think I'd rather. I mean, you could. Well, they might get more run in the. Uh, well, maybe yes. In theory, they would, but I'd, I'd rather just find other good players. Elijah Penny, who we were just talking about. Elijah yep. Penny could be your guy. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Bills take on the Patriots. I'm gonna. Oh shoot! I really need to take a break. Just take a break. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Bills take on the Patriots. We'll tell you what you can do with a lot of your fringe Patriots players like Chris Hogan, for example, and Charles Clay in this matchup. Tyrod Taylor, what do you do with those guys? We'll tell you when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. It's 
the final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly for year number 23. Thank you for the two of you that have heard all 23 years of those. Appreciate that. And many thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. Uh, this is your one of your last two weeks to play the Crush Charts Challenge. Be sure to do that. It's your chance to get in on the $2,000 grand prize. You'll want to be there at the Winner's Banquet at Manny's. And many thanks to Dave Wilson, our manager at Manny's, who always sets this up. And we love Manny's. We love Dave Wilson. And many thanks to our friends at the brewery who have supported us uh, over all of these years. Sean Ryan, Lee Wendinger, Ted and Jody Marty, the owners of the brewery in New Elm. Thank you very much. Our Week 15 winner last week, Raj Seim. Seim? S-E-I-M? Seim? Seim? Nailed it. Yeah, we'll nail it. One of those variations. Raj will be there. Thank you for Raj. And also, one last thank you, my co-hosts, Scott, Matt, Brian. It's a lot of work to get this show together every week. Thank you very much for a year of effort, especially Brian. We never in the history of this show have we had a guy who's been here basically every week other than me. Thank you. It's a lot of work. I very much appreciate it. And also thanks to Chad Abbott, station manager here at KFAN, for 23 years of Fantasy Football Weekly. I'll, I'll speak for Scott and Matt. We appreciate the opportunity, Church. Thank you. Bills take on the Patriots. Let's start on the Bills' side of this as they travel. They are the road team. I've got an A grade on LaShawn McCoy, averaging 28 touches per game over the last two weeks. Probably another heavy workload against the Patriots this week. He put up over 100 all-purpose yards against New England three, three weeks ago when they played. And if they want to stay in this game, this is their best route. He's their best player. Uh, the Patriots have allowed the eighth most rushing yards over the past five weeks. And if they're going to pull the upset here, it's got to come on the feet of LaShawn McCoy. A grade for him. I've got a bench grade on Tyrod Taylor. When these teams met three weeks ago, he got knocked out of the game, and his history here is really bad over the previous three mediums meetings. He only uh, threw for two touchdowns. He ran in one other score. That's it. I think you only get here what Tyrod Taylor gives you with his legs, and that's super unreliable. I've got a C grade on Charles Clay, who is the de facto top receiving option for the Bills. He's seen 14 targets over the past two weeks, which is the most on the team. He gets a Patriots defense that hasn't allowed an opposing tight end to top 52 yards or find the end zone since way back in week six, so I don't even love him here. It's a C grade for Charles Clay. Kelvin Benjamin's forced into action, really, with Jordan Matthews out, Andre Holmes out. He's gamely dragging his bad leg behind him as he's running his routes. You don't want him as a part of your fantasy team. On the Patriots side, let's start with Deion Lewis. When these teams met three weeks ago, the Patriots followed the same script that most teams do when they face the Bills, which is run your way to victory. Lewis and then Rex Burkhead combined for 188 rushing yards. With Burkhead out for this game, Lewis should see even more than the 15 carries he got last time. Frank Gore put up 140 yards on Buffalo two weeks ago. Kenyon Drake put up 113 total yards on Buffalo. Last week, he scored a touchdown. I love Deion Lewis with an A grade here. And as I outlined earlier, Mike Gillisley, he's my take a chance on me running back this week. He'll fill the Burke head role in this and could be sitting on all of the goal line carries against the defense giving up the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. Do you think he still knows the plays, though? <clears throat> I think he's familiar with the playbook. Right, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think so. I like the call. Let's go to the passing game. Tom Brady, just a B grade. I'm worried about him this week for a few reasons. When these teams met three weeks ago, 
It was all about the running game. The runners touched the ball 39 times. That could easily happen again here. Buffalo, again, garbage run defense, a very good pass defense that's allowed the fewest passing touchdowns in the league. And Brady's track record here, especially in home games against the Bills, has been really bad. Bills have allowed or have more interceptions than touchdown passes. They have more interceptions than touchdown passes allowed. His average game over the last three years at home against the Bills, 159 passing yards. That's it. So Brady's just a B start here. Brandon Cooks is a B grade. He faces the Pro Football uh, Focus's 26th ranked coverage corner, EJ Gaines, who held uh, Cooks to just two catches and 17 yards when they met three weeks ago. The Bills have given up the second fewest touchdowns to wideouts, the ninth fewest yards to wideouts. And again, the whole game script will probably be similar to what it was last time with a terrible run defense and a lot of running. That doesn't work well for Brandon Cooks. I've got Chris Hogan on the bench. He started last week, but then got put right back on the sideline with a shoulder issue here. He's got this nagging injury. I don't think they need him to win this game. I I can't advocate going with a banged-up Hogan in this game. And then Danny Amendola has one or two catches in three of his last four games. You can't win a championship with a guy catching the ball one or two times. So... He gets he's on the bench, and then Rob Gronkowski's an obvious A for reasons we don't really need to elucidate here. But I will mention that the Bills have only given up three tight end touchdowns all year, so it's not a layup matchup for Gronk either. Final matchup of the year. I get to put a bow on it. That's it. You do nice. Take, take us Ste- home. Steelers Texans. I'm sorry we have to finish with the name T.J. Yates in any <laughs> capacity whatsoever. Oh, it's all right. That's all right. Uh, we'll start with the Steelers side, though. I'm giving Ben an A. If he was at home with Antonio Brown, he'd be my number one ranked quarterback. But I still give him an A on the road without Antonio Brown because Houston is terrible against the pass. Bottom five in yards and passing touchdowns allowed. Roethlisberger, 300 yards or and or multiple touchdowns in eight straight games. Yeah. Because of that, with Brown out, I'm giving Juju an A. And I'm giving Brian to B. I was hoping for the Juju B. Oh, man. Juju B. But oh, so close. It's got to be the A, though. You're right. Yeah, I got to give him an A. Six straight games with at least five targets. And after Brown went out last week, six catches, 114 yards. For Bryant, he's got at least six targets and at least four catches in four straight games. All of those numbers should climb up a little target-wise with Brown yeah. out. So A and a B. A for Juju, B for Bryant. James was my take on, and Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell. Yep. I, I don't need to go into that. Number Maybe. one running back this week for me. Yep. Over to the Texans side, <laughs> Yates against the top five pass defense. Yeah, I like it. No thanks. Uh, Will Fuller, I'm also benching because I don't believe Yates can support two wide receivers. Nope. DeAndre Hopkins, however, I'm still giving an A to. I don't care. He's completely matchup proof for me. And I think the Texans could fall behind and start airing it out. Steelers, surprisingly, have given up eight touchdowns to wide receivers over the last five weeks. That's worse than the NFL. So a touchdown could be had by Hopkins there. I'm benching in the running game. I'm benching Lamar Miller. He <laughs> In the two blowout losses last week, 11 touches. And then the Rams blowout last month, he only had 12 touches. Yeah. So I don't think Lamar Miller can get there on volume. And Yates, I don't trust this offense to move the ball. I, I, don't, I don't trust Miller. Hasn't no, topped 65 either. yards since week five. Nope, benching. It is time for lightning round, our last one of the year. Can we get every caller to only ask one question between two players? We'll find out if we can go out on a high note as we hit lightning round beginning right now. 
Many people holding for two hours. Thank you. Beginning with... Wow. Just says Durs. D-E-R-S. Durs. Hi, Durs. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Doug Baldwin or Carlos Hyde? Oh, Doug Baldwin. Yeah. With okay. a bullet. Thanks. Thank you, Durs. Drew, hello. Hey. Hello. Hi, Drew. Uh, AJ Green or Mohamed Sanu? Oh, uh, Sanu. Sanu. Got it. Wow. Absolutely. Tough call. No, it's no, not a tough it, it's call. tough that he has to bench AJ Green. Yeah, that part is about. tough. Yes. Yeah. It's the sleigh ride for AJ yep. Green. We're very nervous about that matchup. Dwayne, hello. Hi, guys. Uh, I, my pick would be between Case Keenum or Blake Bortles. Keenum has really big upside potentially in this game against a terrible Green Bay secondary. The weather looks like it's going to cooperate for him. I would play Case Keenum. I'm mm-hmm. sure he envisioned to ask that too. question in the yeah, yeah, Exactly. You're in the championship game asking between Case Keenum and Blake Bortles. Uh, Dwayne, question, thank you for listening wow. from West Virginia. We appreciate that. E, hello. Hi, good morning, guys. Thank you for everything this year. Thank you. Hey, um, okay. Brandon Cooks or Mike Evans? Ooh. I still like Evans. I still like Evans. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, it's close. Yeah. It is close. All right, Don. What do you got? What shenanigans do you have going on here? I got a, I got a legit question. I need to know Robbie Anderson or Randall Cobb championship week against. I think that's against you, isn't it? That is against me. This is our Empire League. We yes, are in the is. we are in the first Empire League ever created. I bought and an I, I bought an orphan in that league. You bought an orphan yeah, in it. So I don't even. Who do I want to win this? You don't want me because I'm coming back with Dalvin Cook next year. Yeah. You I'm want Don to win this thing. Really. Oh, you got, he's got Todd Gurley, so there's that. Uh, don't, don't don't play anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rest you rest your yeah, rest your players. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm taking out of this. I, I, I would go Cobb. Honest honest answer. Yeah, probably. That's tough. All right, Don. So you're starting Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Thank you. Bad luck Thank this you. week. Worst of luck to you. Do a mind game with him. Let charge pick. Oh, let charge yeah, put in your right. starter. Yeah, let me hang myself. Tom, you're next. Hey guys, thanks for everything this season. You're Two, welcome. Uh, championship games and a third place game. Wow, nice. Uh, I, um, I was thinking non PPR. Do I go with Tyreek Hill or Jordan Howard? <sighs> Forgot who's up. How? You're up. Yeah, you're up. It's a bad matchup for Howard against the Browns. I would go. Yeah, Hill. I'd probably go Hill. I'd go Hill. Yep, we're on Hill, Tom. It's it's if that's thanks. the consensus. I think that's the right answer. Austin, you're next. Uh, half point PPR Juju or um, Mike Evans? I'll probably go Evans. I, I, got, so, I no, got Juju high. Yeah, I was gonna say Juju. Yep. Juju so which is high. it? No, I meant to say Juju. I was I, writing Evans as okay. I was talking. Right. So Juju Smith, Schuster. Neil, you're on the fan. Hey guys, uh, two quarterback league: Garoppolo or Tyrod for my second. Ooh, I love two quarterback questions. Uh, I we, still you gave Garopp- bench grades to both. I know. I still go. I still go Garoppolo here. He just looks good. I know it's an awful matchup. See, I think I'd go good. Tyrod and just hope for the rushing. Who say Jimmy G can rush for some yards too? Right? He's got some wheels. Nah, not, I don't know. East don't Coast know. to West Coast, Jacksonville. Nah. I don't know. I'm I'm going Jimmy G. And the Jags do do have a poor history on the West Coast. There don't, you go. Don't pick up pick up Flacco. Don't start Flacco. Taco, you're next. Hey guys, great season. Thank you. Uh, I plan on starting Cooks and Lewis. Should I also start Brady or bench him for Goff? I love Goff this week. Yeah, I would bench. Brady I would bench great Brady, Brady for Goff. Yep. Stack those pats. Yep. Uh, Todd, you're next. Hey guys, uh, 
I'm looking for my third championship in 35 years. Uh, <laughs> Sanders scoring a Jaye or Lynch? <sighs> wow. Uh, I think Lynch is probably safer here. Uh, yeah, Lynch. Uh, Matt, you're next. I hate it. <laughs> Matt? Um, Alex Collins or Leonard Fournette? Ooh, wow. Wow. Take the healthy guy, man. I would, too. Collins. Alex Collins, great matchup. He's yeah. healthy. Yep. Bob, you're next. Thanks, guys. Uh, full point flex position. Mm-hmm. Keelan Cole or Capri Bibbs? I go with the guaranteed touches if I'm answering this one. Bibbs, right? Mm-hmm. And he... <sighs> Cole's got freaky upside in this yeah. matchup, though. I would I'd play Coles. Capri Bibbs is hot. I'd play Cole. If you need, Cole is if you way need, safer. I'd That's for sure. Cole. I'd play Cole. I mean, the more okay. I think about it, the more I'm on Cole on this one. Yeah. Arthur, Arthur, you're next. Capri Bibbs gets the start. Though. Hey guys, thanks for your help this year. Thank you. I need to know if Keenum or Prescott. I have Keenum higher. I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've got an A on Keenum and a B on Prescott. Tom, you're on the fan. Hey, uh, Greg Olson or Charles Clay, half-point PPR? I'll go Olson after the big game last week. Pretty good matchup. No no, no one healthy on Tampa Bay. Trent, you're on the fan. Uh, Case Keenum or Nick Foles? Come <laughs> uh, That is a Case Keenum selection right there, especially because Foles may not end up needing to play. Yeah. So, and you're not going to know until after Keenum plays, so... There's that. Eli, hello. Eli. Hey. Hi, you're I up. Ru- uh, Camara, Freeman, or Gurley. Oh, I no. knew we wouldn't make it. Oh, no. I knew we wouldn't make it. Oh. Isaac, you're on the fan. Eli. Isaac. Uh, I'm going to, uh, so Juju Smith or Flash Gordon? All right. Uh, I still have Juju higher this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Callers, if you are listening on your radio, it will mess you up. Don't listen on your radio once you call in. Zach, you're next. Yeah. Uh, Brady or Stafford? Man, oh, I don't like Brady this week at you all. You keep getting tough ones, really tough ones. I go Stafford over Brady. I have Stafford as my number three quarterback right, this week. There I love it. Stafford yeah, this week. I, I hate Brady, so there you go. You hate Brady. This uh, week. Thank you, Zach. This week. Eddie, you're in next. general in life. <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> hello, hello. All right. We're going to keep moving on. Uh, Mitchell, you are on the fan. Hi. Uh, I was wondering the running back, Williams, for Green Bay or Marvin Jones Jr.? I love Jones in this matchup. We Easily. love Stafford. Jones Easily. has got a terrific matchup as well. We'll take him. Yep. Nevin, hello. Nevin. Can't go out like this. Kevin. Do I go Leonard Fournette or Latavius Murray? Latavius Murray's got an A grade for me in this game. And Fournette has a tougher matchup against a shockingly surging San Francisco run defense. And he's not healthy. I would go Latavius Murray. Yep. Guys, it's been a great year. Thank you so much. Uh, If you're listening now and you haven't taken a moment to rank and review the show on iTunes, we really appreciate people who take take time to do that. If you got anything out of this show over the 22 weeks that we were on, we would be grateful for you taking a moment to do that. And um, and then if you miss any part of the show, of course, you can listen to it on 
uh, KFAN.com, Fan On Demand, also on iTunes. Thanks again, all my co-hosts. Thanks to all of you for listening. Ryan, thank you for uh, keeping us on the air today and posting the podcast immediately as well. Talk to you in August, first Saturday in August, about, you know, six months from now. We'll be back and beyond the pond coming up next Saturday with Brandon Molesky. Bye-bye, everybody. You're listening to The Fan. Hey, everyone.